it a privilege for me to share the word this morning. Welcome to all of our new visitors and the families coming to witness your loved ones this morning going through baptism. Who of you know God's word is active and it is alive? But it also carries the power and the authority to correct, to redirect, to ignite faith, and to transform us. Amen? And so this morning, my prayer is that as we look into the Word, that the Word would look into us, that the Holy Spirit would minister to each one of our hearts. Are you ready this morning for what God wants to do? Awesome. So like we heard this morning is an exciting morning. 29 people being baptized this morning. I want to give God thanks for what he's doing in the lives of people connected to Frontline Church. He is faithful. To those of you being baptized, this is an outward demonstration of an internal commitment, saying that my life belongs to Jesus, and I choose to surrender my will and live in absolute obedience to my Savior. What a declaration this morning that you're making, and in line with the idea of obedience, I felt the Lord was speaking to me this morning to really speak about a life of obedience, lining up to baptism. And I'm going to be sharing stories from the gospel of Luke. What I want to ask ahead of time is I'm going to be sharing two very popular, well-preached, well-known scriptures. But I want to ask this morning that you don't sit with the idea that I know this, I've heard this. I believe that the Lord has fresh manner for us this morning, and He wants to speak to us. So if you'll open up your heart so that He can move us from where we are to where He wants us to be. Amen? So this morning, the title of my message is, At Your Word, I Will. Turn to your neighbor and say, At His Word, I Will. Awesome. So if you can turn with me to Luke chapter 1. It will be up on the screen, but I'm going to be reading from Luke chapter 1, from verse 26 to verse 38. You there? Good. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Hallelujah. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? Since I do not know a man. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. 
Therefore, also, that the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I know this is often a story read at Christmas time, right? We're not there yet. We're close. But there's an example in Mary's life that I want to draw from this morning and some real lessons that we can learn from. Something I want to highlight first off is in verse 28, the angel says to her, you are highly favored. In verse 30, the angel goes on to say that she has found favor with God. For me, this is an incredible statement given the fact that this is a young teenage girl whose life is about to be turned upside down. Remember, the angel speaks to her privately. He doesn't broadcast it on Netflix. He doesn't distribute it in the local newspaper. He doesn't announce it in a church gathering. He speaks to her privately. And Mary is going to be left to break this news to family and the community. It's going to leave her judged, humiliated, ridiculed. There's a risk of Mary being stoned or even possibly being sent to a distant city. And she faces rejection and reputational damage. And yet the angel calls her highly favored one. And this got me thinking, church, on how God's favor has been misused or manipulated. The prosperity gospel gets us to believe that God's favor means unlimited blessings. It means my next business deal or promotion. It means answered prayer. When everything in my life is going according to my plan, then I must be experiencing God's favor. But according to this scripture and many other in the Bible, it says something different to us. What this scripture highlights is that favor is for God's purpose, to bring about his plan. It is not for self, but for service. It is not for status, but for service. And it is really an opportunity we are given to be powerfully used by God. We see this throughout scripture in the life of Joseph, David, Moses, Samuel, Esther, Noah, every one of them called, but there is an assignment that God is calling them to because the favor is not for self, it's for service. Mary is a young girl planning her wedding. How many of you know there's lots that goes into wedding plans? Jamie, Raynard, you've just been through it. She's planning her wedding and God interrupts her plan with his purpose. God says, Mary, I have chosen you to carry Christ into the world. 
Will you say yes to my word? In like manner, God has chosen you and he's chosen me to carry Christ into our world. The day that you were saved, the day you said yes to Jesus, you received God's favor. Because he gave you everything you need for life and godliness. He placed Christ on the inside of you. Christ in me, the hope of glory. The very thing that the world longs for and is desperately searching for is what we carry. And this favor that God has given us is not for self, it is for service. And herein lies the question, church. Will you and I say yes to his purpose, even when it contradicts our plan? Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. For what? For good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I want to I come this morning and remind you, you're not here by accident. God purposed your life. He intended for you. He sent you to this earth for a purpose, for an assignment. There are people that God wants you to impact. There are resources that he requires for you to release. There's territory he desires for us to occupy. There are words he wants us to utter. And the question is, will I partner with him? Will I walk in the good works that God has predestined for me? Because wa walking is not passive, it's an active. You actively doing what God has asked you to do. But here we see that God chooses an ordinary goal. Can you imagine for a moment her fear, the questions, the confusion, the perplexing moments that she must have faced in this moment? And we know this because in verse 34, she says, how can this be since I do not know a man? In other words, she's saying, I'm a virgin. How is this possible? It's interesting because she doesn't question the assignment she questions the how. And just like Mary, we often look at our natural circumstances and we ask how. Very few of us, I think, even question our assignment that God has placed us on the earth to make a difference, to be set apart, to carry Christ into the world, to let our light shine. We don't necessarily question the assignment. We question the how, especially when it feels bigger than what we're capable of, especially when it pushes me out of my comfort zone, and especially when it demands courage and faith. And oftentimes we're left with more questions than answers. And the fear of man, the fear of failure, the fear of the unknown, our desire for approval, the cost of the calling or the sacrifice, causes us to draw back and to walk in disobedience. 
But God is looking for ordinary people who will say yes to his word. When I think of our lives, just a short testimony, when God called us into ministry, church, we were the most unlikely couple. We were inexperienced, ill-qualified, you name it, that was us. And we had planned our lives. We had everything mapped out, business owners. We knew what we wanted to accomplish. And God says, yes, and I have a purpose. And all it requires in that moment is obedience and faith. And I'm not sharing that this morning because we're anything special. When I look across this room, I know that it is filled with testimonies of obedience and faith. What God is able to do when ordinary men and women say, yes, Lord. And God doesn't look for the qualified and the experienced and the resourced enough. For even when in the natural, it looks impossible with God, all things are possible. The problem is oftentimes... We want to experience the miraculous. Who of you want to experience the miraculous? We just don't want to be found in a situation where we need a miracle. Amen? A.W. Tozer says, God is looking for people through whom he can do the impossible. What a pity we plan only things that we can do by ourselves. And here we see that God speaks to Mary. Like I said earlier, he doesn't make it a public announcement. There are times that God will speak to you in the secret place, in the private, where he will require something of you when he births a dream inside of you. And because it's not public, other people won't understand. They won't support. They possibly won't even agree. This is my encouragement to you today. Stay committed to what he has asked of you. For he who calls you is faithful, and he will surely do it. God chooses Mary to carry Christ into the world. God's plan and purpose has been and always will be for Jesus to be revealed. Who he uses and how he does it, looks different. But what he's looking for are those whose heart is to see Jesus revealed in every life, in every circumstance, in every culture, in every community, and in every society. Irrespective of how this looked for Mary, she has a responsive obedience, and she says, let it be to me according to your word. Church obedience is following God's basic instruction, even when the details of the outworking or the fulfillment of his plan are still unclear. And that is why faith and obedience work hand in hand. Because I obey his voice, and then I live by faith as he orchestrates every detail to see his plan established 
and fulfilled. But God needs those that he can say with confidence, I need something done on the earth, and I know that I can count on him, and I know that I can count on her. My prayer is that we would live lives surrendered, sensitive, and obedient to his leading, burning with a first love passion, that we will be the ones who embrace his interruptions, that we would not hold so tightly to our own plans and miss his purpose. Because how we respond, church, does matter. May our lives be committed to his ways, where we would say, yes, Lord, use me daily. Let it be to me according to your word. If you could turn with me to Luke chapter 5, I want to just share another story about an ordinary man that says yes. Luke chapter 5, verse 1 to 11. Everyone still with me? Everyone good? Awesome. For it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat and he taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled the boat so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and they followed him. Church, this story I know is common and I've, as I was reading and preparing for this message, the Lord highlighted something to me that I've never really paid much attention to. And I believe it's because he wants to minister to someone here this morning. It says that Simon was already out of the boat, washing his nets. Many times we read it and we think Jesus just said, drop down your nets or cast your net on the other side. But Simon is already outside of his boat and is washing his nets. The nets are tangled. They're a mess. They're weighted. They are heavy. And I would imagine at this point, Simon is exhausted. He's disappointed because he's toiled all night. 
And I sense that there are people here this morning who are so weary and so disappointed with life. You've got out of your boat. Your burden is heavy. Life is messy. You are tired and you're ready to give up. I want to say this morning, God sees. And he has a word for you this morning. When Jesus steps on the scene, he says to Simon, go at it again. You see, Jesus is about to use Simon's life as an example of how God's power is revealed and demonstrated through the obedience of one man. All Simon knows is that he has just experienced failure at the very thing he's been asked to do again. But despite his experience, his disappointment, and his exhaustion, he chooses to obey. In verse 5, he says, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will Church, obedience precedes miracles, and obedience precedes destiny. Destiny is God's purpose for your life. And due to Simon's obedience, his destiny, as well as those standing with him, is suddenly revealed and unlocked. Think about this. James and John are just standing watching. Jesus didn't have a direct word for them. He never called their name. He spoke to Simon. But they land up becoming recipients of God's favor because of Simon's obedience. There will be times that God's power that is at work in your life will reveal his destiny in the lives of those watching you. Can I say that again? There will be times... That God's power at work in your life will reveal his destiny in the lives of those that are watching you. Do not underestimate your obedience. I want to give an example, practical example of this. If I think of dear Kinnear, we've heard about that this morning, where we're going to be going for Christmas. Um, Really, God birthed this dream in Kirk and Renata's heart. He gave them a dream, and they did not know how. They didn't have the resources. They didn't know the people. In fact, they didn't even have the time, to be honest, to make this happen. But it was an act of obedience. But because of their obedience, God has unlocked purpose in other people's lives through this ministry. So we see Auntie Macy in Aldo's who had been sitting with the dream that God would use her to minister to street children and minister to the broken and the widows and the elderly. She just didn't know how. She sits with this dream and because of one person's obedience, God's purpose is unlocked in her life. We see Auntie Orient and the ladies in their connect group, a group of widows who are cooking for 700 people and are buying 700 gifts for Christmas by the grace of God because her purpose, God has unlocked something inside of her to say, 
I'm called to make a difference, to show God's love practically to this community. And suddenly his purpose is unlocked in her life. We see the O'Driscoll family who says, I want to sow financially. God is unlocking my purpose to sow into kingdom. Why? Because of one person's obedience. Don't underestimate your act of obedience, church. Jesus says to these men, you are no longer fishermen. You are now fishers of men. These men went on to radically engage, confront, and transform culture and society. But it started when one man said yes. Will you be that one in your workplace, in your family, in your friendship group, in your community, and even in this church? We have nothing to do with the afterwards of obedience. That's God's responsibility. Our responsibility is to simply obey. And when God calls you to something, he's not always calling you to succeed by your standards. He's calling you to obey. The success of the calling is up to him, but the obedience is up to you. And we are called to cultivate a lifestyle of obedience where we heed the promptings and the nudges and we walk in them. Where we recognize and we become so aware that our lives do not belong to us anymore. They belong to him. And for Mary and Simon, it was not a once-off yes. And nor is it for you and me. It is a life lived on the altar that says, at your word, I will. Think about Mary. She did not just say yes to the angel. She remained steadfast to the cross and beyond. And Mary at the wedding in Cana, about 30 years after she first said yes, she gives timeless advice to those listening. She says, whatever he says to you, do it. And I wonder if in that moment, she was recalling the first time she said yes. She was remembering when she said, let it be to me according to your will. Or maybe she was reminding Simon, Simon, don't forget, when you said yes, at your word I will. Either way, church, she was stirring faith because she had seen and recognized what God can do with your yes. And she recognized in that moment, they need a miracle, but obedience is required. And so she says to them, whatever he says to you, do it. I want to encourage you this morning. Each one of us are at different seasons in our life and different parts of our journey with Jesus. Don't compare yourself. Be obedient to what God is asking of you individually. Mary is given this massive assignment of carrying God. And Simon is asked to just drop his net to go at it again, to do something he's done before. 
It may not seem as significant as Mary's assignment, but both of them played a part in God's purpose. Both of them went on to carry Christ into the world. Both of them were part of launching the first church that you and I are now recipients of their faith and their obedience. It doesn't matter how big or how small God calls us to a life of obedience. And we need to value both assignments, whether big or small, because they're both significant to the Father. I'm going to start closing this morning because we want to give time for baptism. But as I was preparing for today, maybe, Rainy, if you guys can start coming up. Sorry, the worship team can come up. And maybe just for a moment, church, just close your eyes and, and say, Lord, what is it that you're saying to me today? What is it that you're speaking to my heart? As I was preparing for this morning, I felt the Lord say, there are those who said yes when you were first saved. But since then, your obedience and your faith has wavered. In fact, it's been a while since you said yes to me. You've been pursuing your plans but somehow you're missing my purpose. For some of you, you may have experienced some painful experiences. You've become disappointed and weary. You've got out of your boat. You've abandoned your calling, your assignment, your ministry, your gifting. And you're no longer living by faith. This morning, I want to be like Mary and remind you of your first yes. I want to stir your faith this morning. I want to encourage you that whatever he tells you to do, do it. Maybe there is someone here this morning that God is calling you to a big assignment. It's a huge change. He's launching you into something new. And you've been looking in the natural and saying how or why. You have thought of every reason why you can't. Today I'm reminding you that with God all things are possible. Your responsibility is to obey. His is the outcome. If God has given you a word, stand on it. Don't shrink back. Don't allow fear to stop you. But let your response be, let it be to me according to your word, God. Maybe there's someone this morning that says that God's been nudging at me for some time now. I didn't feel it was that big a deal. In fact, it feels really small and I haven't paid much attention. Maybe it's about being bold in your faith or 
to remain pure in a relationship. Maybe it's to be patient in the process until the time is right so that he can make it happen. Maybe it's to serve someone or to forgive someone. Whatever it may be this morning, my encouragement to you is whatever he's saying to you, do it. Don't underestimate the small acts of obedience. Don't underestimate what God can do when you are obedient, both in your life and those that are watching you. And this morning, I want to stir faith in the house. May we be a people that is so surrendered to God. That live in obedience to his voice and live by faith as he orchestrates every detail to fulfill his purpose in us and through us. And so this morning, I want to ask those being baptized, everyone's eyes closed. Those that are being baptized this morning, would you stand for me? Would you just lift your hands to heaven? Lord, I thank you for their lives. God, I thank you for this demonstration of obedience to you. Lord, I pray that even today as they go through baptism, would you encounter them in such a special way? Lord, I pray you mark them. From today, set them apart for your glory, for your purpose. Lord, that they would live lives surrendered to the Father. Living in obedience to your voice, that whatever you ask of them, my God, you would do. They would say, yes, Lord, I'll do it. You can count on me. And so we commit them to you. Lord, I pray for your presence as they go through this baptism. Lord, do a deep work within them, I pray. Mark them today, I pray. For your namesake, for your glory, for your purpose. In the name of Jesus. Remain standing, if you will, and... I want to ask this morning if there is anyone here that says, I've never said yes to Jesus, but I can feel that my heart is racing and, and it's time for me to respond to him. He's been calling me. He's been speaking to me. I know he's been pursuing me. I know there's people that have been praying for me. And I've been running in the opposite direction, but this morning I say yes to him. If that's you this morning, I want you to stand. Every eye closed in the house. If that's you this morning, would you stand? Don't waste this moment. Don't waste this opportunity. Amen. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I want to ask if that's you at the end of the service to come to me and I'm going to pray with you, but I want to invite you and anybody else here this morning that says, I haven't come prepared to be baptized, but God is speaking to me and I'm going to do it. There's gowns, there's towels, there's everything that you need. I invite you to participate today 
in this occasion to seal your commitment and your public declaration of being a follower of Jesus Christ. Church, I'm almost done, but I want to speak to those this morning that are weary, that are discouraged, that have abandoned your boat. This morning, if that is you, would you stand for me? Don't be shy. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Would you lift your hands as I pray this morning? Father, you've seen the pain. You see the disappointment. Lord, I thank you that you say that we can cast all our cares on you because you care. This morning, Lord, just as Simon cast his net, I cast my burdens onto you this morning. Lord, I give you my heart afresh. I pray, Lord, that you would help me to not allow these experiences to stop me from being obedient to you. Lord, I ask for the ministry of your Holy Spirit for each one of them. Lord, would you minister to their hearts, I pray. Would you bring healing where healing is needed, I ask this morning. And Lord, I thank you for the promise in your word that says the God of grace will restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. I speak that over each one that has their hands raised this morning that says, Lord, I'm ready to quit. Father, I thank you that you would strengthen them and you will establish them, that you would remind them, my God, that you have a purpose for their lives. That they are not forgotten, they are not overlooked. And it doesn't matter what we've done. Lord, right now stands an opportunity for a brand new start. Where they say, yes, Lord, let it be to me according to your will. In the name of Jesus. Now I want to ask if there is anyone this morning that God is calling you to something so big You've become anxious. Would you stand this morning? Where he's moving you into something new. And it requires enormous faith. You've been questioning and you're saying, God, why? How? Now? But this is the word the Lord gave for you this morning is... For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth it shall not return to me void but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing in which I sent it Lord I thank you for this promise to your children this morning that as you call them Lord all you require is obedience and you're working the details out Lord 
I pray, my God, that they would step out in obedience to your word so that your purpose may be accomplished in their lives, I pray. In the name of Jesus. And lastly, church, if there is anyone this morning that says, this has challenged me, God, I, I want to just declare this morning that I'm going to live a life of obedience. That my response will be whatever you say to me, I will do it. If that's you this morning, will you stand? Anyone this morning that has been, this word has challenged you, it's spoken to you, you're saying, God, I want to live a life of obedience. I want to live a life of obedience. Let's close our eyes this morning, church. Can you just lift your hands with me? Those that are standing this morning. Lord, I want to thank you for every life this morning that is saying, yes, Lord, here I am. Use me. Let it be to me according to your will. I pray this morning you activate us, my God, to be able to live by faith. Lord, that we would obey your word, I pray. We would obey your voice that, Lord, you would increase our awareness of your Holy Spirit and his nudges and his promptings in our life. Lord, demonstrate your power through us so that others' destiny may be unlocked and revealed, I pray. Lord, you see our hands raised this morning. We desire to carry you into our world. May we live in obedience to your word, my God, I pray. In the precious name of Jesus, amen and amen.